This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right, welcome back to Drive the Lane, where Ohio State has a new defensive coordinator, but unfortunately it's basketball season and Ohio State's not in the playoffs, so we're going to talk some hoops. We got our boss, the man, the manager of the Field of 68, Jeff Goodman, on the show with us today. Shout out to Field of 68, presented by Bet Rivers. Ohio State beat Duke, then they beat Penn State. Tonight, they play Towson, of course, and then Kentucky, and then Tennessee Martin in New Orleans. Very weird. Joey, what are your thoughts on this team right now? Don't don't forget Wisconsin on Saturday. Wisconsin, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I saw – I mean, the craziest thing, obviously, is beating Duke, right? That's nuts. That's insane. But you got to move on. You got you to gotta prepare for the next game. It just so happens to be the team that Coach Holman – undoubtedly hates the most Penn state. So in turn, a lot of people were asking me and posed the question in general on Twitter. Will this be a letdown game for Ohio state? Because it does seem like a perfect trap game. It's um, a bottom tier big 10 opponent going on the road in a place that sucks to play in. And is just boring. And, and there's nothing else there in that location, in that city, in that horrible college campus, which is not that bad, but I just hate Penn state. And it could appear like a letdown. And what I was telling people was, yeah, any other year, any other team, it's a letdown spot, but this staff's going to have this team prepared in a way to play Penn state that no one would believe. Oh, you couple that with Penn state's point guard from last year is now on the team at Ohio state. You think he wants a letdown spot in this game? Absolutely not. So uh, yeah, I love where this team is headed. Such an awesome game with guys stepping up whether it was Malachi Branham, Kyle Young was unbelievable. And then Jamari Wheeler played his best game as a Buckeye with nine, nine and five. Um, the dude was a stud. Uh, I know you saw the video on social media, Andrew, that Ohio state posted of, of Jamari Wheeler wanted for, and then there was a bunch of different things. And then they showed highlights. That was genius and very, very well done. So shout out to the Ohio state hoops media team for doing that. Cause that was unbelievable. But yeah, I think the bucks are trending in such a great direction. 21, in the AP poll, back in the AP top 25, rightfully so. Um, it's really, really exciting. I mean, it is basketball season. Ohio State's playing in the Rose Bowl, yeah, but why would you watch the Rose Bowl when you could watch the Buckeyes play Towson tomorrow night? Let me – Tonight. Tonight. Let, let me ask you something. So, when I was watching the Penn State game, I was thinking back to when we were at the Duke game and – Because we were there. The, the first fans time. were chanting, you know, DUI every time Paulo got the Five ball. Five lane. Right. Drive the right. Yeah. I could hear like every single thing that the student section at Penn State was saying. And I obviously wasn't there. As a player, like, is it almost worse in an empty gym when you can just hear like the guys literally yelling directly at you? Because as loud as like a Cameron indoor gets or anything like that, it's drowned out by the other non-student fans and stuff like that. I mean, I, I was gonna tweet, but I didn't want to speak on your behalf from the account and say, I got to tell you, seems worse to be in a smaller gym where the 30 to a hundred students are yelling instead of a sold out game. It, it, I will say it's a weird dynamic because Penn state, you think it's empty, but it, their student section is kind of packed, but the arena is empty, which is just a weird dynamic in itself. But you can definitely, you can always hear what people are saying. Well, whether like Nebraska is jam packed with students and they're right on you and it's loud in there, but you can hear everything they're saying because the students are on top of you. Whereas Purdue, 
the students aren't quite on top of you as much. They're not right behind the bench. They're not, they, they're like above you. It's a little bit of a different dynamic and it doesn't get any louder than there, but you can't hear the students. But to answer your question, you can, is it worse? I don't know, but you can always hear when people are yelling at you. You can just hear it. That's just how the human brain like works. Like you can just hear when they're yelling at you. So yeah, it is a weird dynamic. I think that's part of the reason why the shot used to be kind of hard to play in is because yeah, we had a decent sized crowd. It was an okay atmosphere, but the, the, uh, the nut house is right next to the bench. And there's like seven guys that are right over in every huddle yelling, like they could throw stuff at you. They're so close that like, like the, the coaching staff has to like move the chairs out further away when they have their little timeout meetings to make sure that they can get their words across. Cause it, it is that weird dynamic of a quiet gym and people being loud. But at the end of the day, like you can hear everything, but it, it's different in a lot. Like, when you're winning and it's a loud crowd and you're a good player, like it's just fun. But if you're losing, like I think back to when we played at Michigan and lost uh, a game that if we won, looking back, we probably would have won the, won the big 10 championship. And like Dockage was like, Oh, for four and missed layups and played mm-hmm. so bad. And they were talking so much shit to him. Like that's tough and you can hear it all. So it's an interesting dynamic and they don't give a shit about who they're talking to or what they're talking about. They're going to, they're going to talk and say whatever they want, whether it's to me or K to Bates Diop, they are going in, which is why college basketball is the best. So looking, looking at the schedule. Okay. Towson and then Wisconsin and then a week off and then Kentucky. Do you know why it's, and this might be a better question for Goodman. Maybe he has, more insight, but like you know why the schedule is the way it is this year because it's 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 weird and maybe it's just more high power non-cons than normal like it's weird that there's a three game or four game stretch of uh penn state towson wisconsin kentucky like that that's weird right yeah, I mean, now the Big Ten does two conference games in December. So, like, that's just – that's pretty normal. And, obviously, you sprinkle it around the most random games, like a like a UNC Asheville or, like, a, you know, Lafayette University. You know, just so like a random team that's that's coming in and playing you. So, like, you, you get those two Big Ten games in December. That's consistent now. Um, I think the break between the uh, – before Kentucky, that week off, is – probably built in there nicely to get them accustomed to West coast time. Maybe. I mean, you're going to, you're probably going to go there two days early and have a, you go to bed, you wake up and you have a practice day there and you're getting more accustomed to the, to your body clock and everything there. So that's probably why that's happening, but it is a newer thing. Uh, It was happening when I was in school, but that you play the two big 10 games in December, a home and an away. I don't know if it's ever lined up where, um, the two games are split with another with a non-conference game. That's just probably is a team by team sort of thing. Um, but the two December games is a Big Ten thing, and it's new. Um, and then you go and you play your other non-conference games before the Big Ten season ramps up, which I don't mind. It's a little weird um, that you get. It's just a little bit. It makes Towson like the trappiest trap game ever where you just played a big 10 game. Then you're going to go play Wisconsin after that. And then Kentucky, it's like, you're trying not to look ahead. It's just an interesting dynamic, but that's just the new, new age of the big 10 and the scheduling with the 20 game schedule. Yeah. Like Wisconsin plays Ohio state Saturday. Well, actually they play Indiana tonight. Then 
and I mean tonight, Wednesday, not tonight, tonight, Tuesday when we're recording, but they play Indiana tonight, then Ohio State, then Nichols, Morgan State, Illinois State, yeah. then Purdue. Like, it's just – Exactly, and they, they already played their first Big Ten game. They beat uh, – I forget who they beat on the road. I mean, no, no, it's – at home. It's Indiana beat, tomorrow. No, they, ha- they have a – they had played a Big Ten game already at home against someone, against – I don't know who. Well, they played Marquette on Saturday. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. Yeah. Yeah, But it's the same weird dynamic. You play two games in December. That's just how it is. It's so weird. Yeah. But looking forward, excited about the team. Might need to put Penn State jerseys against whoever they're playing to keep the Jamari Wheeler good guard play going. For real. If Jamari Wheeler played every game like he's playing Penn State, that would be great. And if Kyle Young shot every game like he was playing Penn State, that would be awesome too. The offense looked great. I, I, you know, I went on the post game show on, on the fan afterwards, and and I talked about how um, OSU fans have been so used to these close games, and whether it's because we're coming back or we gave up leads or whatever it is, it's always a close game. That game had one minute of game time where it was in doubt. Like, yeah, there was real time, like ten minutes maybe, where you were like, oh my god, they cut it to six. Or, oh, my God, it's going down from 14 to 10 to 6. But it was only one minute of game time because each time that they cut it to 6, which was twice in the last few minutes, first time, Michi Johnson comes down and hits a three. Second time, we throw it ahead to EJ Liddell for a dunk. And it just, like, mitigated that, that them cutting it to 6 so fast that um, it was impressive, the poise that they played with. They've played in so many close games. It's going to be so beneficial moving forward. I, I just – it was such an awesome – effort because at the end of the day road games in conference you take them how you take a win however you can right like i don't care if you're winning at the buzzer against the worst team in the conference or you're beating the best team by 30 both of them feel equally as good where you'll take any win and run home you will get on the bus as fast as you can to get on the plane get back in your bed as soon as possible and celebrate that victory because they are few and far between it's just it's just you got to any game you can take in conference, let alone on the road, you just got to win it. And to do it in that fashion was awesome. So we'll, we'll spare you with some more basketball talk because we got Jeff Goodman coming on here soon. And we're going to talk a lot of basketball with him real quickly. Do I move and like change my name and all that? If CJ Stroud ends up winning the Heisman. Yeah. I think you have to also, you got to resign from drive the lane. If you win yeah. the Heisman. Yeah, I mean, how, how, I don't how, want you to resign. How brutal would that be? It would be sad for you. Yeah. I'd laugh. It'd be funny for me, sad for you. But it's not like you lost money. You made money. So, shit. Well, but I would, I guess, technically have lost money. What I should have done is cashed out and threw on Bryce. That would have been smart. But beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. Joey, anything else before we throw yeah, this? Yeah, I mean, no. Um, I'm excited to talk like more than just Ohio state basketball with Goodman though. This should be fun. So, so uh, you know, get ready, sit down, maybe grab some popcorn. I don't know if you're watching us on YouTube. Great. If you are listening to the podcast, then drive safely. Cause that's probably where you're listening to it too. I have a, I have an idea for a first question for Goodman. Sure. I think you should say like, you should ask him something. I could be like, all right, real first question. September 20 or February 27th, Ohio State versus Maryland. Which team is Chris Holtman coaching? Yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, that's funny and scary. And I don't, I mean, like, oh my God, if 
I don't even want to know the answer to why he thinks Holman because they're tight. I don't know why he thinks Holman. For those of you, for those of you who didn't see the tweet, when Maryland fired Turgeon, mutually agreed to part ways. When Maryland and Turgeon mutually agreed to part ways five months after his extension, um, Goodman tweeted two names to look out for: Nate Oates, our friend Nate Oates. Yep, and. Um, our other friend, Coach Holtman. So we were sweating a little bit. So we'll get we'll get to the bottom of it. You're about to hear us get to the bottom of it. How about the Maryland, the funniest thing from the Tyson Tate show? They're like, Maryland basketball program is out of Turgatory, <laughs> which is very funny. So, so much I thought was so funny. But yeah, Coach Holtman's the coach of the Buckeyes. He will be for a long, long time. Don't no one get freaked out by it, but we gotta grill Goodman about it. And we do that. So don't worry. Get get ready. All right, coming up now, Jeff Goodman. All right, join us now on Drive the Lane. I mean, technically our boss, Jeff Goodman. Jeff, welcome to the show. I'm nobody's boss. I'm nobody's boss, um, but glad to have you on board on the field of 68. Uh, You guys have crushed it already. Um, And uh, Joe, it's good seeing you at the – I hate to say it, the Ohio State-Oregon game because, you know, it was kind of the one uh, – well, not the one downer, but uh, certainly people were not walking out of that one happy. So, um, But it was good seeing you. And uh, now we got the Buckeyes rolling here for hoops. And, and uh, who would have thought they would have beaten Duke? Not me. It's pretty crazy, yeah. And, and I don't even know what football season is because it is basketball season now. And we've moved on, even though five minutes ago Ohio State just hired their new – defensive coordinator but that's not being talked about on this show because it is basketball season um but yeah jeff i mean the buckeyes are are nuts right like the games that they almost lost make no sense the game that they are winning almost make no sense and it end up having a you know a season so far that is basically what um you know kind of people anticipated what are kind of your early thoughts on on the bucks so far Chris Holtman's just a friggin' genius. Like, like that's all you can say is like, he's so damn good because he doesn't really have a point guard right now. Let's be honest guys. And I'm not sure he's had a point guard since he's been the head coach at Butler or Ohio state for the most part, right? Like who's he had at Ohio state last year? He did, you know, finally, but for the most part, he hasn't had a a high, high level point guard in, in many years at Butler in early days at Ohio State, he hasn't really had a point guard at all. And somehow this dude continues to not just win, but win at a really, really high level. And, you know, they had thought about going justice suing. When I was there in the preseason, it was like, well, we're going to run a lot through suing this year. Because, again, we don't really have a point guard. Uh, maybe we'll try to figure it out. But Michi's not a point guard. Obviously, Malachi is not. Uh, um so he's going to be suing most likely. And now they don't have suing. They played him, what, what's he played, two, three games so far? And, and still, they beat Duke. They're six and two. They've got a tough stretch coming up soon. Even Towson's a dangerous, a little bit of dangerous team. But, you know, obviously you got Kentucky uh, coming up, Wisconsin before that. Um, so it'll be – listen, it'll be important that they don't lose both of those. They just need a split out of Wisconsin and Kentucky. And I think Chris Holtman would say, if you beat who you're supposed to beat, Towson, and then a couple cupcakes at the end and UT Martin in New Orleans, 
you, you finish out your non-conference pretty strong and you're feeling good about yourself and maybe you get suing back, you know, in, in a month or so. Because it's college basketball, my bet would be a loss to Towson and then a win over Kentucky and Wisconsin. But, um, you know, the bulk of the Big Ten schedule is obviously coming up. Anyone who follows your Twitter account sees what you've been tweeting. Ohio State, Maryland, February 6th. What team's Holtman going to be coaching? Yeah, ha ha. I, I just said, and I want to clarify this, that if I were Maryland, I would go after Chris Holtman. That's how highly I think of him. I wasn't saying he would take the job. And the same thing for Nate Oates. Nate Oates, I said as well, he has a huge buyout. Mike Boyne has a huge buyout. I'd look at him as well if I were Maryland. Um, and, and I don't think Holt leaves for anywhere that's probably not based in Lexington, Kentucky, or in the NBA. I think those are the, probably the, the two things you'd have to worry about with Chris Holtman. And in order to go to the NBA, you better he's got to get to a Final Four before anybody's going to hire him at the at the NBA level. So my question to you based on that is, and something that we've argued on this show and something that we've argued with our friends as well, where do you think Ohio State basketball ranks as a job in the country? A little bit below Maryland, I would say. I think Maryland's a better job because it's a basketball job. Now, it depends who you are. Some coaches – like Mark Turgeon, for instance, do better in a football job. They don't want the attention. They don't want the pressure. It's part of the reason Mark Turgeon said, you know what? I'm good. I'm done. Because he didn't fit College Park and the crazies that are there. Where Chris Holtman has a job that fits him in a lot of ways, right? I mean, he doesn't care about being the number one guy. He can leave that to, to Ryan Day. But, you know, I think what he would like – and I'm not speaking for him here, but is, you know, better crowd support in the non-conference. And you guys can speak to that. You know, I was there um, even a couple of years ago in a Penn State game, a conference game that was early, fairly early. And it was half full, if that. So I, I think that's why, to me, Maryland is a better job than Ohio State. Maryland also has better players in the area. Now, there's more schools fighting for those players, probably. You know, Virginia, Georgetown, Villanova, a lot of schools in that area fighting for the same players. But it's a better recruiting, uh, more fertile recruiting ground, probably even than Ohio. That There's a lot of good players that come out of Ohio, but not nearly as many that come out of the, the DMV. So we'll, we'll continue the show operating as everyone is in place where they are right now. So right now – Holtman's the head coach of Ohio State. They got, you know, a gauntlet coming up, like you mentioned. But, you know, let's get past the, the non-con. Where do you think they rank in the Big Ten with what you've seen so far? You know, throw preseason expectations out the window. Right now, what you've seen, how do you think they stack up against the rest of the field? I mean, I think Purdue is the clear number one. Like, clear cut. I mean, I saw them twice in Mohegan Sun and – I saw them preseason. It was blown away because I, I just saw Zach Eady absolutely dominating Trevion Williams. And I was like, oh, my God, if he's going to be this good and Jaden Ivey's electric, like nobody has a Jaden Ivey to me in the country. Nobody has a guard that you can just put the ball in his hands and say, like, go get one for me. And he, he's big, he's strong, he's athletic, he's electric. And in the in transition – He's shown the ability to really pass the ball as well. I don't know if he could do that in the half court, 
but in transition, he's been really good. Um, after that, I think anybody's guess is to who number two is in the Big Ten right now. You know, I don't know. I mean, obviously, right now it's it's kind of Wisconsin, but I'm not I'm not a believer that they're going to keep this going. Although, you know, Johnny Davis has been awesome, and Brad Davis since in his like twelfth year, so it's a you know a major advantage for the Badgers there. But like, throw them in a hat. You know, Illinois. Yeah, they're playing better right now without Corbello, but I assume Corbello's going to come back. And how's that going to look? Will they will they even take off more, or will they revert back to kind of how they were? Because Corbello was, it looked like he was playing for the other team, you know. So I would say Ohio State, if they can get suing back, let's say for January first, because that's probably when you need him back. I haven't looked at the schedule in front of me right now, but again, if you could split Wisconsin and Kentucky. Win those other three games. What does that put you? Six and two, so seven and three, ten and three, ten and three, ten and three after Wisconsin, one one league game there. So so nine and three in the non-con. That's pretty darn good. Um, For the toughest, arguably the toughest non-conference schedule in the entire country, right? I mean, it's up there. Yeah, it's team is playing at Xavier, Seton Hall neutral site, Florida neutral site. You know, Duke at home. Like I, I know it's not number one, but it's up there. It's really good. Yeah, however you want to cut it, it's it's really good. And even like Towson's playing well right now, so that won't be a bad, you know, if they win that one, that won't be Towson probably in the in the 200 range instead of, you know, how they've been the last couple of years. So you need those two, maybe even higher than 200. You need you need the mid-majors to be good. Yeah. When you look around at the net, guys, like that's why LSU is is number 2 right now is because they've beaten a bunch of good mid-majors and beating them pretty significantly. That's why Ohio State, remember a couple of years ago, they were number one I do. in the first, first net? Because <laughs> they pounded the shit out of teams. Yeah. And and the scoring margin is capped at 10, right. but the efficiency numbers are not. So when you pound a team like that, you know, a UT Martin or a Towson or a, uh, I can't remember who the, the other cupcake they got coming up is, but they got one more. If you pound a team like that, your efficiency numbers are going to be the ones that you really benefit from, even when you're up 30 points, not the scoring margin. Right. So then big picture, when you're looking at the NCAA, where, yeah, Purdue's the number one team in the country, and I would agree that not only in the Big Ten, but in the country, they're clear-cut number one right now. Where do you think Ohio State fits among the elite? Like, not necessarily what's their ceiling, but, like, not to, like, make you do, like, tears or anything, but what do you – where do you see them fitting in? Not in the, the the group. I've probably got a group of like six or eight teams that I think can win six straight. I would not put Ohio State in that group. I'd put them in the next group, which is somewhere from like 10 to 30. And I don't think there's a lot of difference, guys. Yeah, I don't. I mean, again, look at it even, even within the Big Ten. And you say to yourself, all right, Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan State, Illinois – Michigan, I'm not there yet. Indiana, I'm not there yet. Um, you know, you got a couple in the Pac-12. You know, UCLA probably at the top of that list. Then, you know, Arizona and USC would be in that group. I mean, SEC's got a ton of them in that group. Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, maybe Auburn. So I think Ohio State's Sorry. in that group. The key for me 
really the key for me guys is i didn't hear you sorry say that again missouri i said missouri because i, I went to missouri. they're awful atrocious atrocious <laughs> we love Conzo. i don't know these words we love Conzo. so i think we need like an, an an mte with like pittsburgh missouri washington who else who would be the fourth georgetown you do like georgetown Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. Georgetown. We, we, we should try to get this going. Georgetown, Pittsburgh, Missouri, Washington. And like the loser of that, whoever goes 0-2, relegated. Has to quit. They, yeah. they got to quit their season. They're done. <laughs> and, and put it like in like New Mexico, the game. Like just put it. Oh, man, that's good. We go. actually too good. No, New Mexico is too good. Just yeah, put it in Columbia, Missouri. <laughs> hey my daughter got into missouri so i know i, I went think... i went there all right That's so there I'm... you go so yeah <laughs> so i mean she's not gonna go to missouri but <laughs> i mean i can't put her through that those games that's not yeah, right to, to do to anybody a, right now it's tough to go to a sports school that has no sports so <laughs> i can get her some i can get her some pretty sweet nil deals if she goes to missouri <laughs> got some connections there. what is the best program at missouri right now sports yes the wrestling program the wrestling program all right the wrestling program is very there you good go. there's there a you lot go. of there's a lot of professional like boxers mma fighters wrestlers that came from mizzou <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I don't know if my daughter wants to cover wrestling, but that's the that's uh, the Missouri minute on the show for this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so, I, I, I got to say one more thing. Sorry, yeah. and this is because I saw you say it. If I see one more person say Conzo Martin, great guy, but not sure if he's like, we've been seeing that for for five years that he's a great guy. He, but but people are taking shots now at him that I listen. They suck. We know that. It, it started, honestly, like, I feel like the Porters are to blame for all of this. Like, can we blame the Porters for all of this? Sure. Hiring the dad, the injuries with both of them. I, I feel like it was the worst. You know, usually these the family hires work out fairly well, right? Like, you know, Mario Chalmers' dad, Danny Manning's dad. Kansas has, has killed it with these deals. Even look at, look at what happened at USC. Right, I mean Mobley. They brought dad brought two kids. They've been pretty damn good. Yeah. And Missouri, Conzer gets the job, and he does it, and it has been a complete shit show yeah. in Columbia ever since. Poor Missouri, poor Missouri. But that's that's enough. That's enough, Mizzou. Enough um, Mizzou Jeff, and one thing we like to to ask guys like yourself who see just about every team play each year in person, especially, yeah. who are some of the guys, players specifically? Typically, you know, a West Coast guy that no one gets to see or a mid-major guy yeah. that people don't get to see on TV. And, and then also guys that are on those great teams. Who are some of your favorite players to watch this year? Listen, I just came back from Fort Collins, Colorado. And, uh, man, I love these two kids at Colorado State. David Roddy. If you haven't seen him, you have to see him. He's 6'5", 245, former quarterback in high school. And I'm telling you, he can be an NFL tight end. His footwork is insane. And his legs are like big. You look at him and you're like, come on, there's no way this dude can move this way. And a uh, great kid. And he's a junior. And, and Isaiah Stevens is his kind of running mate, a uh, point guard who came from Texas. And uh, 
one of the better point guards in the country. He's really cut down his assist turnover ratio, um, taking care of the ball. I think he's second in the country in assists. Those two, I'm telling you, like I wouldn't want to play Colorado State in the NCAA tournament. Those dudes can play. Uh, who else have I seen that I really like? You know, I've seen most of the top teams now in person. Um, you know, Gonzaga, UCLA, Duke, Kentucky. I love Ty Ty Washington. Okay, now I know Kentucky's played nobody lately. They've been playing cupcakes and nobody's paying attention. I actually think that's the right thing for Cal Perry to do because he's gonna he's gonna get this team. They're they're kind of under the radar now. Oscar Shibway is a, a monster down there, rebounding the basketball. They don't have anything behind them. That scares me. Um, but I love Ty Ty Washington, the freshman from Phoenix, combo guard, just knows how to play. Got off to a, a tough start in the Champions Classic game. So everybody's like, oh, he's overrated, this, that, and the other. Dude knows how to play. He can score from all three levels. He can make his teammates better. He's not a great, great athlete. Good size. So Ty Ty, and, and again, Part of it for me is, too, I want to love the, the player, but I need to love the kid, too, a lot of times. So if, if it's both for me, then I'm, I'm totally in. And Ty Ty was awesome. Um, it was funny. He came after their, their exhibition. He was on the podium or like a little podium, and he walks off. And generally, I'm about 6'3". So I want to, with, with a guard like that, a lot of times I want to stand next to him and see how big they are. So he comes up next to me and I said, I'm like, hey, man, how, how tall are you really? Let me stand next to you. And I'm like, what are you, 6'5"? And he went bananas. He was like, 6'5"? He's like, you know, the SIDs. He's like, I told He says, I'm 6'5". I'm 6'5". They're listing him at 6'3". And I'm like, all right, let's, let's slow your roll. Maybe you're 6'4". And I guess he ran in the locker room and he's like, he said I was 6'5". I'm 6'5". Like, just like the energy, funny, laughing. So, like, I don't know. And I think he's really good. I really do. So, talking players, Joey and I, rightfully so, think EJ Liddell is, you know, one of the top players in the country. Do you yeah. think he has the opportunity to, you know, make Hell a case yeah. for the player of the year? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Of course. I mean, how can he not? Right. I mean, he's averaging what 20 and eight or something, shooting it well from three. And like, I don't know, shit, he might leave the country in blocks the way it's going right Big now. Time. The craziest thing ever, right? Like the craziest, I, I don't know what he's averaging blocks, three a game, something three, like that. Over three, yeah. Over three a game, EJ Liddell. But like his body looks so much better. They're he's winning. He's just, yeah, he's just. You know, like, here's the thing with E.J. Liddell. Ten years ago, you would have looked at him and been like, he can't play in the league. Now you look at other – George Niang, you know, Draymond, the body, you know, six seven undersized dudes. You know, P.J. Tucker kind of started it in a way. But he, he's a killer, P.J. Tucker. George Niang does more and Draymond does more passing the basketball than E.J. does. But there's no question in my mind, in the right system, E.J. Liddell – can be a 12-year NBA pro that's not sitting at the end of the bench but but producing for an NBA team. Yeah, I mean, Holman said it on his radio show yesterday. I, I caught a bit of it, and luckily he was talking about EJ. He said he's the best help side rim protector that he's ever seen. I mean, he, he was doing it a lot last year um, 
because he was guarding the big guys and he got, you know, a block or two a game because he's guarding the fours and the fives, but now he's playing on the wing and he has the opportunity to really shine like he did in high school because he was, I mean, people in Illinois say he's the best shot blocker they've ever seen. The dude was six, six, you know? So, I mean, he is shining because he's playing not only on the wing on offense now and getting more opportunities that way, but also more opportunities on defense by guarding like a Seth Lundy against Penn state. Like he would never have guarded Seth Lundy last year. And in turn, he's coming down help side and beating balls off the backboard. Like no one's ever seen before his, the major strides for him. Yes. He's in better shape. He's a better shooter. He's more efficient. He makes tough shots, but on defense, he's guarding the best wing every single night and still blocking shots. And, and apparently more now, I mean, it's just, He's becoming a very well-rounded prospect, which obviously he needed to do. And, and he's also playing, like you said, on the wing, on the offensive end, and showing that he can't just expose big men, which is really what he had. Right. Let's face it, last year, part of the reason he was so successful offensively was because he was playing against bigs and he could beat him off the bounce. Now he's doing it against threes and maybe some guys that his size at, at the four – and I think that's going to help him as well. He's so versatile. And, and again, yeah, to me right now, it's hard not to have him. If you're doing a, a, an All-American team today, you, you got to have him on there. you got to have him on there somewhere. Yeah. I, I know Kempom has him as the number one guy right now for their player of the year. The last thing that I want to touch on is the fact that in addition to him guard, being guarded by guys who were mismatches last year, he's also the focal point now for defenses whereas last year it was Dwayne Washington yeah. maybe Justice Suing yeah. maybe even Justin Arns before EJ Liddell and now um EJ is for some reason he's getting all the attention but it still doesn't feel like teams are selling out to stop him yet which makes no sense but you saw uh Penn State tried to sell out to stop him and Zed and it didn't work out so well so uh it, it'll be a really interesting year moving forward I'm amazed with how he has kept up his fast start because Holman told us on when he came on the show, he's told me in person a thousand times that EJ is going to have to be a first team, all big 10 guy, which is great, but apparently he's got to be a first team, all American for them to be as good as they want to be. So we'll see how it keeps going for moving forward, but we've got all the confidence in the world. You talk about a guy who not only is a great player, but a great person. I mean, I hosted the guy on his visit. I, I met his parents and still, and his parents still text my mom. Like, I, I want to hear about that visit. I want to hear about, I want to hear about that visit and, and you know, the, the off the record stories of what, what did you do to, to, to get EJ Liddell to Columbus? He said yeah. your other option is Mizzou. And that was all he needed. Yeah. Literally he was down to Mizzou. He was down to Illinois, Mizzou and Ohio state, which means he was down to Ohio state and Illinois. But we did ask him on the show, like, Hey, do you feel bad for turning down Mizzou? And he's like, no, because <laughs> 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 Andrew's got to get his Mizzou minute in there. But on the record, what I'll say is the, the reason why the coaches had me host every single kid that came through from, uh, you know, when I was a junior and hosting guys like Dwayne Washington, Justin Ahrens, et cetera, to when I was a senior hosting guys like DJ Carton, EJ Liddell, was because I, I told it like it is. They didn't seem threatened by me because obviously I wasn't taking any of their minutes. But also I, I, I told them about the university and how beloved they'll be because if they loved guys like me, they're going to love guys like him. I remember our conversation when we Ubered back to his hotel with EJ. It was very heart-to-heart. -heart. It was 
these coaches are going to care about you. You're going to be a superstar here, and there's no better place on the country, a better place in the country than being in Ohio State. Clearly, he took to that in addition to what we did beforehand. So, I think. So uh, I was going to say it wasn't your ability to um, uh, to get girls. I, I thought that was the number one thing here. Yeah, you know, I, I let see, I let my teammates do that stuff. I do the I do the hard stuff. They do the fun stuff. That was kind of my job. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm in sales now. You know, I just stick to the sales stuff. They can do the other stuff. It's it's yeah. yeah it was it was a. It was a very intricate little equation that we had going on there. So it worked out well. Whatever you did, man, that, that's a <laughs> hell of a get. Uh, I hope Chris Holtman is um, taking care of you with, with good seats and everything else, gear. You should be – I would use that. Every time I saw Holtman, I would be using that right now with, hey, listen, if you didn't have EJ Liddell right now, you'd be looking for another job in a couple of years. So I want gear – I want for dinners, you name it. I want it all, uh, and I'm going to leverage this thing for all I can. Courtside tickets at Maryland. There you go, yes. No, the real – once Brad Stevens hires him uh, with the Celtics, that's when I need to parlay it right there. So I don't think Brad's going to be around long enough to uh, to hire Chris Holtman uh, with the Celtics GM job. We'll see, but – I'm not sure. What the heck is he not coaching? That's a story for a different podcast. I yeah, like you're you're absolutely right. It is it is amazing. I I do think he'll go back to coaching here soon. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about that one another. Can can I finish with something? I want to ask you guys before I go. Perfect. Um, this is the this is the end of the. I know you've listened to all the episodes. It's how we end yeah. every episode. So so my biggest my biggest concern, obviously. Is what everybody's probably concerned about, which is the guard play. And is it good enough to take this team? We know what EJ can do. We've seen Zed. I think, again, they've got good pieces. Kyle Young's an awesome piece, like awesome. But the guards worry me. And I just don't know if, if those, like, if we can rely on it, it. I guess the biggest thing to me is what do you guys do at the point guard situation? What, ha- what happens here? You wait for suing? You take this one, Andrew. Well, I'm, I'm smiling because this is when you wish, you know, you could make trades in college basketball because yes. would there be a better trade package than something centered around Kyle Young? Like, hey, this is a guy who's We're not trading Kyle Young. No, I know, but, but like if you, were, <laughs> no if you were advertising it, hey, this is a guy that started in the Big Ten in the last two years. You want him? Give us a, you know, give us a senior guard or, or hey, LSU, give us Xavier Pitson, you know? So I got to, I'm like addicted to Mizzou right now. I apologize. But um, usually we defer to Joey in these moments. But as we've seen, it's worked out so far. Joey, I'm going to defer back to you. Yeah, I just think, and this is something that, funny enough, me and Robbie Hummel have talked a lot about, about Ohio State, obviously with Robbie doing a ton of Big Ten stuff. That's his main question about Ohio State, as well as any person who has watched basketball before. Um, I think what's interesting is, yeah, in order to win in March, you need guards. As great as your front court is, like you need guards to get them the ball, but also to take some load off those guys. And the guards have been good. They've been solid. Uh, each guy's got to take a step. You know, like you think Jamari Wheeler has to score eight, ten points a game. Uh, Malachi Branham has to be a go-to guy at that wing spot, assuming justice suing is not back in a timely fashion, which I, between you, you and me guys, which and I know no one else will hear what we're saying right now. I think he is 
further away from coming back than what people are saying. Yeah. And I, I just think that at the end of the day, the guards need to get in positions to help the team, right? Like if, if Jamar is giving you 10, that's awesome. But if he gives you nine assists like he did last night, that's just as good. So just being able to get in the lane, create shots for others, do guard things as a, as like a two headed monster between Malachi and Michi or, or between, sorry, Jamari and Michi. That's what they need to do. I think that between Justin Arns and Malachi, that's enough like scoring punch on the wing assuming Justin is shooting the ball well. So then if you bring in Justice, who can handle the rock a little bit more, create for others a little bit more, create for himself a little bit more, that's kind of the missing piece. But, yeah, it, it is weird having no go-to guard for us. And, and as much as I want Michi to be that eventually, I don't think that's his – that's not his role. That's not his – that's not where he's best. So it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. It, but like Andrew said, it, it's kind of working so far. It's working just about as best – as yes. good – as it can so we shall see all right well listen I, I appreciate you guys having me on uh keep keep doing what you're doing getting great guests um and, and next time you get holtman on make sure i can make a, a, a special appearance or something we'll we'll do that absolutely absolutely Sounds appreciate good. appreciate you coming on with us and as soon as as soon as you're ready we're ready to go on after dark so just let us know. I mean, all we, all we did was beat the number one team in the country, and then we didn't get anything from that. But that's okay. That's all right. In Vegas. How's that? We'll get you on from Vegas at a blackjack ta- table or something? Yeah, I actually, it's funny, because I just told Todd that that I can't, I'm not going to be able to go to Vegas because I'm doing radio stuff in Columbus now. So, um, nice. yeah, which all is right. a, well, good news, bad news. It's a little situation. Exactly. You, you'll save yourself some money. Yeah. Well, it would have been a free trip, but that's besides the point. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate it. We'll talk right. to you. you got it, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jeff Goodman because it was much more of a conversation than an interview. Joey, that could have gone for, what, an hour, two hours? We were rolling. It's just the classic, uh, it's just the classic, like, talk at hoops. Like, we could have talked hoops forever. We could have talked about Missouri for forever. I mean, it's just remarkable. The Mizzou minute almost turned into a Mizzou hour. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, because he's so knowledgeable about just everything that, like, normally I don't have, like, I can make a Mizzou joke here or there, but this was like, oh, I can actually, <laughs> like, go back and forth here. Yeah. We might need to take a few Mizzou minute offs. Like the next few episodes don't get Mizzou mentioned. Yeah, we had it was like a total like a, maybe a five Mizzou minutes, so we take like a four episode break probably. <laughs> yeah, seems about right. Oh, too bad. Yeah, overall, happy to have you know, happy to bring on the reason we're part of the field of sixty eight, as we mentioned earlier, presented by Bet Rivers. We we've gotten them some pretty pretty good. Good guess to kick things off. Three players, Holt, and now, I mean, we didn't get Jeff. He kind of just came on. But, you know, we're if, if you're out there listening and you want to come on the show and you will make us look good for Field 68, Josh Schaffner, feel free. Oh, man. No, I, I mean, we're rolling right now. We're rolling. It's hoop season. This has been – a lot of fun the last few episodes. If Ohio State keeps winning, it's going to keep being fun. Shout out to the Buckeyes playing in the Rose Bowl. Uh, that's a big deal. Should we go to the Rose Bowl, Andrew? Nah. Okay. All right. That's good. I, that's fine. Um, 
And uh, yeah, uh, selfishly, listen for me on 97 One The Fan again. I'll be hosting the Buckeye Show on Friday, 6 to 8 Eastern time. Um, I'll be on post-game or uh, pre-game. Um, before, I don't know which game. I don't, know, I don't want to lie to you guys, but I'll be on pre-game for a couple games as well coming up. Um, and yeah, it's just like, it's a great time to be a Buckeye. Uh, I, I think what's really funny, the Heisman stuff came out. CJ Stroud obviously is in it. Aiden Hutchinson, his stats are like significantly worse than like a lot of other defensive guys out there, which is always funny. Um, but we won't talk about that. It's he, has one, he has one stat though, beat Ohio State. That's the biggest stat in the country. Oh, H. Buckle up. Drive, drive the line. Line and beat Towson slash Wisconsin. I hate Wisconsin. Everyone knows that. So, yeah, let's beat them too. And? Go Buckeyes. Yeah. I said go Buckeyes first. Oh, wait. And Justin Arns. Whoosh. Whoosh. Justin Arns and Dangerous.